listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Hey, Victory family. Can you believe that 2021 will be over in a few hours? What a year it has been. And I could say that God was and is so faithful in all of our lives. Usually when we approach the end of the year, a lot of us become reflective. We count the things that we are thankful for, the things that happened the past year. Most of us even post our highlights on social media. How about you guys? What are you thankful for this 2021? Share it in the comment section. I stalked some of you on Instagram and on Facebook just to find out. Me personally, one of the things that I'm thankful for is the opening of our 5 p.m. service. And I hope to see more of you there this 2022. One of my friends, Joms, she got into baking and she started a new business. So we're all supporting that right now. One of our friends, Sessa, has been praying to go back to the beach for the longest time. And she finally got to do that on her birthday. She went to Boracay. Our friend Mike has been praying for a motorcycle for the longest time and he finally purchased it this year. Valerie, one of our office mates, has a new baby. Congratulations to you and Kenneth. Jay and Amy, our friends, got married this year as well. And if you check Pastor Ariel's Instagram, he said that he is so thankful for all of our leaders and volunteers who helped us not only during the pandemic, but the past years as well. Now, while I was browsing, looking for some gratitude posts, I also saw some posts that aren't really on the happy note. Like, a lot of our friends lost a loved one. I know personally some of our friends who lost moms, grandmothers. I also saw some friends who got diagnosed with a sickness like cancer. And there are a lot of people, including some of our leaders who battled depression this year. We've all had our share of troubles this 2021. And if we're not careful, these can easily erase all of the good things that happened to us this year in our minds. Now, don't get me wrong. Grieving and mourning and acknowledging where we're really at, these are things that we need to go through. But in the process, let's not forget to appreciate the goodness of God that we can be thankful for every day. In one of his letters, Paul reminds us that our current situation should not dictate the way we live our lives. Remember, Jesus came so that we could have life, life to the full. Today, we will be reminded of three things that we should do to help us live the lives that God intended for us to have. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. One of my favorite passages. It says here, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this wonderful year. Thank you for your word that continues to speak to us. And Lord, I pray that you be the one to give us direction for this coming year. And once again, bless the preaching of your word. May you alone be glorified tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. These verses are part of Paul's letter to the new believers in Thessalonica. The people in this city enjoyed the security that the Romans had to offer. They allowed the Romans to rule over them. It was one of the most 
peaceful cities to live in with minimal crime and disturbances. When Paul decided to make a stop in this city, we all know that Paul was a missionary going from place to place. He was given the opportunity to preach for three consecutive Sabbaths in the synagogue where he explained the scriptures and their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Now, the people who were listening, not a lot of them were happy with what he shared. Surprisingly, the Romans and the Macedonians, most of them listened and received Paul's message well. But what surprised me the most is that it was the Jews that weren't happy with what he shared because a lot of them were still believing in works-based religiosity, which kept them from putting their entire faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we all know from Ephesians, it says there that we are not saved by works, but by grace through faith. So the Jews who were disappointed, you know what they did? They set Paul up. They put together a number of the troublemakers in the marketplace, and they provoked a riot. And when the soldiers came to stop it, they pinned it on Paul and his buddy Silas. It was a successful plan from the Jews because Paul and Silas were driven out of the city and were sent to Berea. Now, sadly, the newly established church in Thessalonica, the new believers were left leaderless. What were they going to do now? Paul didn't have much of a choice but to leave, to continue on with his missionary trip. But, you know, as he continued to preach the gospel in different places, he did it with a bit of heaviness in his heart because he remembered the new believers that he was forced to leave behind. He was probably asking, how are they now? Are they growing in their faith? Are they growing in their knowledge of Jesus Christ? Have they given up? Paul made several attempts to go back to Thessalonica, but for some reason, he couldn't go back. I don't know, he wasn't able to book piece of fare or visa or whatever, but he wasn't able to go back. But Paul didn't give up. Because he couldn't go back, he sent his young disciple Timothy instead to check on the Thessalonians and to encourage them. Because he was worried if they received persecution, for sure the Thessalonians would be experiencing it as well with their newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Timothy went there, and when, when he returned from his visit, he relayed to Paul some of the questions that the Thessalonians raised. They had a lot of concerns about the second coming. They were wondering, what would happen to the believers who died before Jesus? When would Jesus come back? And would believers actually suffer the wrath of God still? So Paul wrote a letter to them addressing all of those issues, explaining that, one, no one knows the exact day that Jesus would come back. According to chapter 5, verse 2, he would come like a thief in the night. Regarding the death of fellow believers, Paul explains that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, those who passed away but were faithful would be raised from the dead when he comes back. And finally, Paul clarifies the question about believers being the recipients of God's wrath. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, it says... For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, the heart of our God is for us to be able to hear the gospel to give us a chance to respond to it. So go ahead, keep preaching it to your family because God's heart is for them to come to the saving knowledge of Him as well. With all these questions and concerns came a good report from Timothy, which 
filled Paul's heart with overflowing joy and thanksgiving. That even with the Thessalonians' past frustrations, when Paul suddenly left them after they started believing in his teaching about Jesus, even with their present pains, persecution and opposition from all sides because of their faith, and even with the future uncertainty, they weren't sure about what would happen after death and the afterlife, the Thessalonians remained faithful and continued to put their hope in Jesus, whom they have received in their hearts. My question is, can we respond the same way that the Thessalonians did? In spite of the pains and frustrations this 2021, the present problems that we are facing right now, and the uncertainty of what the new year will bring, can we still have joy? Can we still express thanksgiving? Can we still have hope in our hearts? How were the Thessalonians able to do that? Was it because of their willpower? That's why they succeeded? Was it blind faith? Was it wishful thinking? Paul thinks otherwise. Paul believed that it is through God's power at work in them, not through their own strength, that they were able to stand firm against all of the opposition. I'd like to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. It says there, For we know, brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. It was the Spirit of God that allowed them to respond in such a way. Now, this letter ends with an encouragement to strengthen the young and thriving church. And also, us believers today, I believe this message is for us to continue on in faith, love, and hope. Paul reminds us of three commands that we are also called to do every day of our lives. In fact, if I'm being honest, this preaching is something I've delivered in the past. But I believe that everything that we've been through this pandemic, it's worth repeating. Not just for you, but also for myself. It's a wonderful reminder. This is why this year-end preaching is entitled RPT, or repeat. Because these three things are things that we should remember and do, not only at the end or at the start of the year, but always. RPT, rejoice, pray, and thank. Paul encouraged the Thessalonians to do this, not only at that moment, but to make it an ongoing activity. He did not say rejoice, pray, and thank often, when appropriate, or just when you feel like it. Rejoice, pray, and thank always, without ceasing, and in all circumstances, even when the situation and our emotions call us to do otherwise. If it were just up to us, I'd tell you, it's impossible. I don't think anyone can really do this on their own. If we're being honest, praying every day is already a struggle for a lot of us. How much more rejoicing always? How much more giving thanks even in the midst of unfortunate events? How will we be able to do all of these things? The last verse gives us the secret to obeying these impossible commandments. We must be in Christ Jesus. Again, we must be in Christ Jesus for us to be able to do this. We can only rejoice, pray, and thank in all circumstances when we have an eternal perspective and a hope that we will surely have victory in the end because we believe that God is sovereign, because we believe that God is completely in control of everything, and because we know that He loves us, something that He showed perfectly and completely in Jesus Christ. Remember, even before we came to Him, even before 
we repented of our sins. Even while we were still sinners rebelling against him, he sent his one and only son to make sure that there will be a way for us to be saved from death and from his wrath and to be restored in perfect relationship with him. Knowing and experiencing his love through Jesus is the only way we can respond with joy, with thanksgiving, and with hope always. The first command, again, these are not suggestions. These are commands. The first one, rejoice always. The word rejoice is usually connected to celebration. Shouting, jumping, dancing, clapping, laughing, whatever, however you celebrate. What exactly is Paul asking us to do here? Is he asking us to say, yes, the banggain koche ko? Or, woo, nawala yung cellphone ko? Or, wow, natanggal ako sa trabaho? Is that what Paul is asking us to do here? I don't think so. I don't think God called us to be crazy and delusional, totally denying our feelings, what's happening around us, and always putting a big smile on our face, even if our heart says otherwise. I don't think this is what he meant by rejoicing always. As we read the Bible, we will see that there were times that Paul was sorrowful. There were even times that there was a time that Jesus wept. So it's okay to feel that. To rejoice means to feel or to show great delight or joy. So you see, to feel, this goes beyond our facial expressions or the gestures that we make. Rejoicing is not just feeling happy and celebrating all of the time. It is delighting in God. It is delighting in what He is doing in our lives, knowing that He has our best interests in mind. It is rejoicing in the hope that Jesus Christ, who paid for our sins, will come back again to completely fulfill every single promise that He has given us. Rejoicing always can also be applied even when we are going through trials. I remember that those verses in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. It says here, count it all joy. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We can rejoice even when we are going through trials because we know that we have a God who can use even what the enemy means for evil for our good. We know that all things work together for our good. So whatever it is that we are going through, again, we can rejoice because we know that God is working in our character, in our hearts. I even remember one of the stories in the Bible, Paul and Silas once again, when they were found, when they found themselves in prison, they were in chains. Why? Because they were preaching the gospel. That's why they were brought there. Instead of complaining and ranting to God, which they could have done, what did they do? They decided to open their lips, but not to rant, but to worship, to sing songs that the whole jail heard. Why were they able to sing? Because they were confident that God would deliver them from their situation. And true enough, in the middle of the night, God opened the gates for the prisoners to be set free. And, and everyone started running out the gate. And the jail guard, when he woke up, he was in total panic. And you know what? He wanted to kill himself because he knew that he was going to take the blame for it. When he was about to kill himself, Paul said, wait, we are here. We are here. You don't need to worry. And they had a conversation. And you know what? Paul and Silas were able to share to the jail guard who Jesus was. And not just to the jail guard, but even to the family. So their family was saved. 
Imagine, as Paul and Silas were in a terrible situation, they rejoiced, they obeyed. That's why God was able to use them mightily for the advancement of His kingdom. This can happen to us too. Are you going through a terrible time? Are you going through a very, you know, a very big trial? Continue to respond in faith. You do not know the people are looking at you and when they see you so filled with faith, once the miracle comes in, they would be asking how come you were, be, how come you were able to respond that way? And that is when we could point them to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Rejoice in every situation. What are some of the things that you can rejoice about right now? There are a lot of things. But you know what? The main reason we can rejoice is the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. We can rejoice in what God is presently doing in our lives. We can rejoice in how sure we are that we have a good future because God promised it. We can rejoice in the character of God for the forgiveness of our sins. And the list goes on and on. We can always rejoice in Jesus who came to secure our eternal joy. Second command, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. What does this mean? Does this mean that, you know, I will always fold my hands and close my eyes every day? I will always stay in church or in my prayer closet and just talk to God the whole day? Without ceasing means nonstop. But if that is how we interpret this command, then we clearly have a wrong understanding of what prayer is. Prayer is never limited to a certain place. Prayer does not require a special posture or position. Prayer is simply talking or conversing to God, whether verbally or in our minds, but always, always with our hearts. Pray without ceasing means a constant awareness of the presence of God and a continual dependence on Him, whatever is happening in our day. It does not mean without interruption, but prayer that continues throughout the day. You know, as you're driving, Lord, please bless me today. And then you continue driving as you're about to enter your office. Lord, just give me the joy to work. Give me wisdom. As you're about to enter the meeting, Lord, give me the boldness as I present. That is what prayer is. It is having an open communication line or never putting the phone down, knowing that we can always come to God and having the confidence that He listens. Other versions use the word continually instead of without ceasing, but both are translations of a Greek word which was also used to describe a hacking or persistent cough, something that we would not want to have this season. God does not expect our prayers to be 24-7 unbroken, but frequent, frequent, daily, and persistent. And when we talk about prayer, it is not just about us asking for our wants, asking for our needs. It is about acknowledging our need for Him, declaring His promises in our lives, asking and allowing Him to transform our minds, our hearts, and also about hearing from Him. If we talk about communication, it's not just about us speaking, but allowing God to speak to us as well. It is the place where we express our thanksgiving, worship, adoration, and praise for God. Prayer is a necessary ingredient if we are to rejoice always because it is here that we take hold and claim God's promises and will for our lives. This is easier said than done though. How can we develop a habit and lifestyle of prayer? One, we need to humble ourselves always. We need to know and acknowledge that 
We can't do life on our own or anything on our own. We need God in everything at all times. Two, feel free to talk to God wherever you are and whatever it is that you are doing. While you're driving, while you're fixing yourself a hot cup of coffee, while you're taking a bath. Again, prayer does not require you to be in a specific place or to be in a certain posture. You can talk to God about anything and it does not even need to be long. Lord, please heal me. Lord, please give me wisdom. Lord, please give me patience. Quick prayers, just like Nehemiah. And finally, learn how to listen to God. Prayer is communicating with God. One-way conversations are never fun. I don't know if you have that friend who just keeps talking and talking without even asking you how you are. I hope we aren't like that when it comes to God. Let us allow God to speak to us. And you know what? He does this through nature, but most of the time he does this through his word. We need to spend time reading the Bible. And we are to pray the word back to him as we claim the promises. Lord, it says in your word that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, it says in your word that your grace is always sufficient. If there are commands to follow, then we ask for his help. If there are promises to claim, declare it through prayer and receive it in Jesus' name. And you know what? We can always pray to God, confident that He listens and that He will answer in Jesus' name. And finally, the third command, give thanks in all circumstances. As we are faced with different circumstances, we can choose to respond in gratitude or ingratitude. We can choose to respond in worship or whining. We can choose to respond in thanksgiving or complaining. Choosing the latter sucks the negativity of this fallen world and pulls us away from God. Lack of gratitude is a reflection of our sinful and selfish nature. We focus so much on ourselves. We identify the things that we want, but not appreciate the things that we already have. And this results to what? To complaining, to resentment. And it makes life hard. It makes life sad. If you want to live a life filled with joy, it is important to choose a lifestyle of gratitude. We choose it. Choosing gratitude means choosing joy. But this doesn't come easy. It is a battle that is won with effort, with intentionality. It is a choice that requires constant renewing of our minds with God's Word. It requires meditating on His character, on His promises, and choosing to savor the blessings and the gifts, and choosing to speak words that reflect His goodness and His grace. And we do this until it becomes our natural response to everything. Again, intentionality. We make it into a habit. We choose it every day. We choose it every moment. The starting place of the attitude of gratitude begins with two realities. Human rebellion and the sacrifice of an innocent man, Jesus Christ. We have to remember that we are sinners and it says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is what? Death. That is what we deserve. But because God loves us so much, instead of giving us death, instead of giving us His wrath, He chose to send His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who was sinless, who lived a perfect life. But what happened? He was the one who was taken to the cross. He was the one who, who died he, did, he didn't have any sins. He died for our sins. He suffered. His body was broken, was bruised, 
the punishment, the humiliation that was supposed to be for us. So when we look around with all of the things that we have, the homes that we have, the family, the things, the shoes that you have, the bags, you might say that, hey, I deserve this because I worked for it. But the truth of the matter is, we don't deserve anything good. All of the things around us are simply blessings, bonuses, because all we deserve is death. All we deserve is God's wrath. That is why I believe we can give thanks in all circumstances because whatever situation we are in, we are alive. That is a miracle. That is a picture of God's grace, of God's love. And I pray that it will really sink in that instead of death, He offers us life. And He doesn't ask us to do anything. All He asks us to do is to put our complete trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. There is nothing more to add because on the cross, as Jesus said, it is finished. That is why we are enjoying 2021. That is why we are enjoying time with our family. That is why, you know, whatever food on the table, we get to enjoy that all because of God's grace. And I pray that we would apply that every moment of our lives, no matter how bad. We will never run out of things to thank God for. And first and foremost, His very presence in our lives. Knowing that He is with us, we can be sure that we will overcome any situation in this life. So again, I pray that as 2021 comes to a close, and as we start a new year, 2022, I pray that we will remember these three things. RPT, you see that? on your radios, on your players, music players, RPT, repeat. Rejoice, pray, thank, and then repeat. As we do this, I believe that we would be able to, you know, just live lives that are sensitive to God's blessings. Live lives that are open to His grace, to His love. And live lives that would be able to just shine the light in this very dark world reflect His love so that more people would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So again, remember, RPT, repeat. Let us all do this, not just individually, not just as families, but as a community. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.